please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. So, pray for the team that we have in Brazil. Uh, <clears throat> and let's get started. So, um, today uh, and throughout the rest of this week, we have a topic. Uh, our topic here uh, is prayer. <clears throat> and this, this morning's inspiration for me is a is actually a book that I just started reading um, called Prayer. Um, and it says this. It says, To pray is to change. This is a great grace. How good of God to provide a path whereby our lives can be taken over by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <clears throat> so, the important thing to understand is prayer is a mode of operating, of being, where the Lord can move to change your life. <clears throat> now, in a lot of ways, in our ministry, we we deal with Altar ministry, we deal with praying for others. But I want to specifically talk about how prayer, your own personal prayer, in your own personal time, can change your life. <clears throat> so I want to I want to start out of Exodus. See, in the in the past weeks we've been talking through Hebrews, and we've been going from Hebrews and back into Exodus. So I want to kind of continue with that flow and read to you some passages out of Exodus. And here's what it says. This is a story about Moses. It says this. Exodus 33:7 through 11. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass, when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man 
at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar (coughs) descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped, and every man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaks unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Um, so this is an interesting story, right? Uh, this is actually, in the book of Exodus, this tabernacle that we see that Moses is going in and out of is is actually a tent, a tent of meeting of the congregation. <clears throat> it's not the tabernacle that we think of in the wilderness with all the intricate designs and all of the layouts and the sacrifices and all of that chaos. This is a this is a private tent that people would come to when they needed to hear from the Lord. Right? <clears throat> and so the people when they had a concern, when they had an issue, would come to Moses out by this tent and ask these questions. Moses would go in, the Lord would speak to him, and he would come out to give them an answer to their questions. And later, in chapter 34, it says this, 34-34, When Moses went out, went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took off his veil until he came out, and he came out and spoke unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin on his face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with the Lord. So Moses would go into this tent, and it says, Uh, It gives us an idea of it in chapter 33 that he had this tent and he would go there to speak with the Lord and meet with him face to face. But later it tells us when he would go to meet with the Lord, his face would shine so much that the people were afraid to see his face. So he would have to cover his face because of the glory of the Lord that had built up in his life. You see, so you, we're seeing in these stories two different types of, of prayer. There are many types of prayer. But the bases are kind of like this. There's a, there are prayers of petition and there are prayers of transformation. I'm going to put those into those two categories to ultra simplify it. Right? So prayers of petition are when you have a question, when you have a concern, when you have a friend that is sick and needs healing. Uh, and a lot of times 
I'm very guilty of this myself. A lot of times, our prayer life can become just the prayer of petition, where we kind of stand outside of the place of meeting, and we just ask God a bunch of questions, or for a bunch of stuff, right? My my aunt needs healing. My cousin is sick. Lord, can you come help him? And the Lord's faithful in that. But there's a deeper desire in the Lord's heart, and that is a prayer of transformation. So, what does that look like? Well, I, I'm I'm looking at this story to kind of to give us an idea, right? <clears throat> in our personal lives, the Lord wants to be present with us. He wants us to have a place where we can go and meet with Him, right? Jesus says, uh, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and speak before the Lord. Now, I don't think that all of, every time that we pray, because in the Bible there are many times where people pray in front of groups of people. See, I used to think that when Jesus would say go and, and pray in secret, that he meant that I should never pray in front of other people, never pray for their prayer requests with them, and, and I should just do, do it privately and off to myself. That's not the idea, right? The idea is there is public prayer where you come together with people, but the Lord is faithful when you ask for His presence and you come to Him in your own time with a sacrifice of your own time and space to meet with you and to begin a process of transformation in your life. And Jesus, Jesus gave us a similar experience, right, in the Gospel of Matthew. In, in Matthew 17, we see the, uh, the transfiguration. And it says this. <clears throat> Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So, there's an interesting thing that happens here. See, in the transfiguration, uh, in Moses' time, God came to meet with Moses face to face. But Jesus comes to the Mount of Transfiguration, comes to the top, and we begin to see Moses and Elijah. This is something completely different, but at the same time, similar, right? Jesus is is glowing bright white. <clears throat> so Jesus, as the intercessor, starts begins to show that the whole time he has been a presence for Moses and Elijah, those who met with God in a very intimate way. Now he's meeting with them, <clears throat> right? Showing his disciples, look, 
These are the people that I put my glory on. Look at my glory. This glory spreads. So Jesus, as our intercessor, as our brother, He allows prayer in our lives to become the kind of prayer that changes us and changes the whole world around us. In His presence, we carry His presence when we meet in His presence. Now that can happen in a community as it did in a small community here. But the intimacy level of this of this meeting was not a, a great crowd, right? And Peter wanted to just go ahead and stay there forever, which kind of echoes what we already read about Joshua. Peter wanted the presence of the Lord to remain, but there was need to be met. So let's... Let's move back, right? I want to I want to go through the experience of Moses and the example of Joshua to kind of round out and and give you an idea of what it means to have prayer that transforms your life. <clears throat> so like as I said before, a lot of times when we come to our prayer life, when we come to our prayer time, and we we come before the Lord, what we tend to do is we have a big old list. Actually, right now in this studio, I'm looking at the back wall, and there's this huge list of all of these names and all of these people and all of these concerns and all of these issues of different things that are going on in our ministry, in the lives of others, in the lives of pastors, in the lives of churches. And the number becomes countless. We could fill walls and pages and books with the needs of the world. But in this situation, we see that Moses had to come into the presence of the Lord in order to answer the needs of his people. Moses had to come before the glory of God, come out with the presence of the Lord just all over him. So much so that it it was almost fearful or, or shocking to people. He would go in and, and glow. So they had to cover his face because people were nervous about what was going to happen when he came around. But they came to him because when he did come around, things changed. Their questions are answered. Their need for wisdom is given. And the whole time, as we read through these books, we see that the Lord wants that for all of us. It's not a priestly thing. If if you begin to read through the Old Testament, you'll see that God actually came to the mountain to meet with all the people. And it was their request that He didn't meet with all of them, 
that he would come to a, a private place and meet with like a few people. So they requested that God's presence not be in the midst of all of them because of their fear. You see, sometimes this transforming prayer is a fearful thing. The presence of the Lord can make you afraid. <clears throat> it can sometimes get you a little nervous and make you kind of you want to run away. So the easiest thing to run away to is, Lord, uh, I didn't eat really well last week, and my stomach's kind of upset. Will you please heal my stomach? And you you forget about the part where uh, the Lord wants to have His presence with you. He wants to have His time with you. <clears throat> and so we, we don't invite the Lord. We uh, we invite the Lord to take care of our stuff, but it's a little too scary. Here's an example. When I was young, in my high school days, I hung around a lot of people that did things with spiritism, with occult things. And so I knew of their practices of uh, channeling spirits, messing with uh, idols and sacrifices and all kinds of strange things. So many times I would come to the Lord with this fear that um, because of those experiences, a, a meeting with the Lord would just tear me apart. It would kill me, right? And here the, the people of Israel have just come out of a land of idols. And they're, they're afraid to meet with a God. <clears throat> But, but what the Lord really wanted from His people was to be in their presence and for them to be in His presence. <clears throat> and so we have two examples, right? We have Moses, who had some people over here who had need. But his priority was to come into the tent, settle in, get low, and allow the presence of the Lord to come in and move in his life and, and change him so much that his physical appearance changed. Right? When the people had a question, they would ask him, but he would go into the presence of the Lord and wait for the answer. He invited the Lord in. The Lord came down. And then he could go and deal, help them deal with their their situation. <clears throat> so what we need to do in that regard is remember in our prayer times and our times at home that it's not just a list, right? The beginning of prayer is an invitation to the Lord. If we just begin to list things off, then there is no relationship. Really, many times, there is no interaction with the, between the Lord and, and what you're asking. It's just you reading a bunch of names and a bunch of things off a 
piece of paper, off a board, <clears throat> off of the you know email chain for the church. But when you invite the Lord in, He begins to direct your path. <clears throat> and so we have the we have that example from Moses, right? Go deal with all of all of the lists and all of the needs and all of the things. But but come away. Invite the presence of the Lord first and foremost. And the rest will be given. Right? That's Jesus saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. This is one of the things that I think Jesus meant by that, right? Seek first the kingdom, the kingship of God and his righteousness, and we'll deal with the questions and the issues and the problems, and he'll give you a way to move through. The other is remain in the present, right? So Joshua in the story, let, let's look at it again, right? It says that Moses would come in and meet with the Lord face to face. But Joshua, the son of Nun, departed not out of the tabernacle, right? So Joshua is, is a young assistant of a prophet. He's learning to become the man that will carry the nation of Israel into the promised land. He's learning to, basically, he's learning to become an apostle in the Old Testament, right? Apostle is one that's sent. And Joshua is learning his call. So he just keeps remaining in the presence of the Lord. Moses comes in and out and answers questions and does these things. And Joshua just stays steady. He's waiting for transformation. He's waiting on the Lord to do something big in his life. So, we have to come back continually to the Lord like Moses. But, in our life, the challenge is how do we remain with the Lord. There's so many things that become distractions. There's so many things that move us this way and that way. <clears throat> right? So coming in the into the presence of the Lord is like this, right? It can bring what we call the manifestation of the Spirit, right? The gifts of the Spirit are quick. And they move. And they do things, right? That's uh, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, gifts of healing, <clears throat> miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation, right? Those are the gifts of the Spirit. And, and actually it says that's the manifestation of the Spirit, right? You know that your community, when you're in your community, and these things start to happen, the Spirit of the Lord is there. Right? And a lot of us 
seek after those things. And those are great things to seek after. But remaining in His presence brings the fruit. Those, that, that fruit is called love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? As we remain in the presence of the Lord, He grows these things in us. And oftentimes, when we're frustrated at these uh, manifestations of the Spirit, that they're not working the way maybe we want to. Uh, they're not moving maybe how we're, we're hoping for them to move. The greater thing is the fruits. And oftentimes, the thing that we're lacking in our answer to our problem, the thing that we're lacking to in our prayer life and seeing a breakthrough is actually the fruits of the Spirit. The Lord comes in and He changes and He moves and He does things in an instant. But the real desire of His heart, right? Paul, after mentioning those those gifts of the Spirit, says, I'll show you a better way. And He, he brings up love, which is in, which is in the list of those fruits. Right. So to remain in the Lord is to grow in the fruits and to practice in the gifts. The fruits bring answers to prayer on an everyday basis. They give authority. They make a change in your life that leaves you unshaken and unmoving even when troubles come. You see, that was a problem that the, that the people of the nation that would be called Israel, the Hebrews, people in the desert, had. They were relying on Moses to get all the fruit, to grow all the fruit and the maturity. And over and over and over again, they wanted to quit. Over and over and over again, they wanted to go back to the way things were when they were slaves. Because they hadn't been growing in the fruits. And they had denied the Lord's presence and the abiding presence in their life. So what, is, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis for me and for you? Well, that's uh, in a way having a prayer time. But saying, Lord, before I get to talking to you about my friend that has cancer or this problem that I have with my knee, I just I just need your presence. Lord, I need, first and foremost, I just want you around. Lord, no matter what, I need you. Right? This is the, this is the prayer of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, Whatever happens, Lord, I believe that Your presence is with me. So if I fail or I succeed, I need that first in my life. That's life-changing prayer. That's a prayer that changed your life and 
at the same time bring you those victories that you've been looking for. The Lord honors that with growth in your heart and an outpouring in your life. So before you seek an answer to every listed prayer that everyone can bring you, seek what the Lord's doing in your life today. Seek what the Lord's speaking to you. Seek eyes with vision. Seek love. Lord, who am I not loving today? Lord, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to need some patience right now in this situation that I'm fighting with, God. I know that if I ask you for patience, I might get a little trouble because, well, one way to, that he's going to build your patience is you might have a testing. But it's the glory of the Lord that we're seeking. And he'll make our faces to shine just like his face shines. So let, let me pray for us as we, as we finish up today. I hope that this is a good start on understanding prayer in your personal life, prayer that will change your life. Lord, I, I just thank you for today and for every day, Lord. Lord, come and meet us today, God. Show us what you have for us. Teach us your heart, Lord. We don't just want your hand, Lord. We want your heart. We want your face, Lord. Come and, and meet us again, God. Show us your glory. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done in our lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing fruit and understanding in your presence in our life. We can't do without it. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lírio dos vales cresce em beleza, força e luz. Rosa de Sarol.